Pure Dog Talk is the voice of purebred dogs. We talk to the legends of the sport and give you the tips and tools to create an awesome life with your purebred dog. From showing to preservation breeding, from competitive obedience to field work, from agility to therapy dogs, and all the fun in between, your passion is our purpose. Welcome to Pure Dog Talk. I am your host, Laura Reeves, and I'm excited, you guys. We have a lot of veterinarians that we talk to on this program, but I have a guest for us today that I think is going to bring us some really, really interesting information. So Clara Madalin is here today, and we're going to talk about gait analysis and chiropractic treatment of our dogs, what we can find out, what we can't find out, and how we can find out about it. Sounds perfect. All right, guys, are you planning your next litter of puppies? Or maybe you just finished your foundation bitch and you're ready to start health testing. Embark, creator of the highest rated dog DNA tests on the market, offers specialized testing just for breeders. And while they're offering a few different tests, only the Embark for Breeders dog DNA kit was made to provide breed-relevant disease screening for your purebred dogs. It includes traits testing, such as coat color and body size, DLA diversity testing, breed ancestry, easy-to-download OFA submission reports, and the only genetic coefficient of inbreeding test available. Find out why thousands of breeders have trusted Embark to enhance their breeding program, including me, through screening for breed-specific genetic conditions, understanding traits, and identifying genetic diversity. To save on the most accurate, most comprehensive dog DNA kit, visit EmbarkVet.com backslash breeders and use the code PUREDOGTALK to take $20 off a full-priced Embark for Breeders dog DNA kit. That's EmbarkVet.com backslash breeders and use the code PUREDOGTALK. So, Clara, welcome. I am so excited to have you here. Tell us a little tiny bit about your background and kind of, you were telling me earlier, some of the really interesting links you've gone to, to bring some objective measure to what is often considered kind of voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I am a chiropractor by trade. And so I went into chiropractic school knowing that animals would be a part of my practice, but I didn't really realize how big of a part of my practice it would be until I had a puppy in my first year of chiropractic school. He suffered multiple concussions in a row that the first one I did not notice, you know, he had a couple of behavioral changes, but brush it off as being a puppy. And then by the second one, he has blue eyes. And so immediately I noticed he had one large pupil and one tiny pupil. Yeah, that's a bad thing. Even I know that's a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, me being in chiropractic school and I wasn't sure what was going on. I took him to my chiropractor who was trained in animal chiropractic and she adjusted him. And right off the bat, that very first adjustment, his eyes went back to normal. He stopped 
panicking. He had been pacing around. He had been sitting in the corner, just panicking his little dog heart out. Wasn't really adapting his temperature well to his surroundings. And so right off the bat, he was able to go back to being a puppy. And that was just truly incredible to watch his progress because of course he continued care. We had to really get to the underlying root of it, mm-hmm. not just put a bandaid on it. Mm-hmm. And so he continues to get chiropractic, of course, to this day. Wow. That's amazing. It was incredible to watch. And, you know, of course, being a pet owner, just so wonderful to have my dog back, especially at such a young age. It was very scary to go through. So I knew then that I really wanted to dedicate my whole practice to animals because I wanted them to get everything that you would get going into a human chiropractic office. I wanted animals to get the same attention and I wanted to be a specialist rather than a jack of all trades and really provide that. that care. Love that. And you're located near Portland. Tell me where you're located exactly. Yes, I am in the southern part of Portland between Portland and Milwaukee. In Oregon. Okay. Yeah, very good. Okay. So one of the things that you were telling me about that you did as you decided to make this your focus was to find the objective measure of what's going on with our dog. And with that gait analysis, tell us about what that is how it works and what you can learn from it. Yeah. So in human chiropractic, we have a lot of objective measures we can use. Mm -hmm. We can use x-rays, we can use temperature scans, stuff like that, which none of those work very well in dog chiropractic because, you know, I don't want to shave the dog when they come in and I don't want to put them under anesthesia. First of all, I'm not certified to do that. And second of all, it's time consuming. It's expensive. And so what I wanted to find was an objective measure that people could take something home with them. We could really watch their progress through care. We had exact numbers for people rather than just going on my word alone, right? I want people to feel empowered in their own dog's care or cat or horse, whatever it is. And so what I set out to do was find that objective measure. And gait analysis is a big part of animal chiropractic. It's normally a visual thing. Some people take videos, which is great, Mm -hmm. but I wanted real hard data. So I found a gait analysis system that worked really well. So I use TechScan and I use TechScan because they have more pressure sensors per square centimeter than a lot of the other options out there. And they also provide a nice printout for people. So it gives the average of every footfall and the pressure on each paw. It gives exactly how much time they're spending standing on each foot, how long they're swinging through, how far they're swinging through, the acceleration, tons of information and nice readable graphs for people. And this is a mobile tech. I mean, talk to me about what does this look like? We'll try and put some photos in the blog post that'll go up with the episode, but give us a visual of what this looks like. It is a series of panels that I can travel around with. So I do bring it with me in occasions. It can also stay in the office. You know, it's Mm -hmm. portable in the way that these different panels, we put them together. It's great because, you know, if one panel gets damaged, you could just order that one panel and you're good to go. That was another big draw. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because you never know what's going to happen. And so we've got a nice big carrying case for it. It is rather large and heavy, but it does work (laughs) to get around. I'm impressed it's mobile. I mean, I had envisioned it as sort of a treadmill sort of concept. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it is panels that you can piece together. It's got electrical hookup. You just plug into any outlet and then you hook up the computer to it 
and watch it on the screen. It will also sync with video. So we've got that up and running to really see, is this dog, it appears to be pacing on the tech scan. And you can go back and look at the video and say, yes, it was pacing or no, this was an error. And I can go back and change that left versus right of the feet. So a lot of great things you can do with it. Interesting. And so then take that information and apply it to a dog. How does that help you in your treatment of the pet? So what I do is I take a look at the exact numbers and there are times where things line up and you can say, yes, exactly. This is painful here because they're not standing on it as long and they're taking a really long time to swing that leg through. Oftentimes it'll be a shortened stride. There's no acceleration coming out that leg. The easiest part of that is taking a look at that and really pinpointing because there's often times where I've had animals come in and they appear to be limping on their left hind come to find out the pain is in the right hind. So, and they're compensating and they're compensating. Exactly. And the compensations is really where it gets trickier because sometimes those numbers don't line up to say, yes, exactly. There's pain here. So then we're looking at, okay, they have signs of pain in one leg, but they're not taking enough weight off that leg. So then we can say, I know that the restrictions in the spine, the misalignments, I can say whether they're in the low back, I can say whether they're in the withers, mm-hmm. I can say there's something going on in the upper neck that's affecting all of it. Mm-hmm. So just those various patterns happening, I get a lot of information in there. I can say this dog was probably T-boned by another dog in mm-hmm. the dog park and the restrictions in the spine are directly in the middle affecting XYZ. Wow. And so we had a dog come in, uh, Dachshund, mm-hmm. and adjusting the dog had been adjusted before and we'd walked him along the tech scan and there was these signs of pain in the femur head that were not showing up in the hip but because of the tech scan we were able to say oh yes there's a lot of pain happening in this leg therefore we need to look somewhere else besides the spine and so really keyed us in yep interesting and so I go through different stages in my adjusting I'll start off adjusting the spine and see, will that correct things in the extremities and then go on from there? I don't want to overload the nervous system with too many adjustments all at once, because oftentimes adjusting one area will clear another area. But then the tech scan will tell me, hey, you do need to focus on this extremity or not, because the main area of the issue is there. Interesting. And I mean, just envisioning it for a dog that I've had some chiropractic treatment you can see, is it working? Like I did this adjustment and now it's doing this. Yes, exactly. And we will do our gait analysis again on our reevaluations. And so I put dogs on a care plan that it's designed to build strength in their spine so that they're able to hold their alignment better as they go along through care. I don't want them to be completely dependent on me. And I don't want to be chasing symptoms that they are really good at hiding in the first place. Right. So I use a care plan that is based on what we use in human chiropractic a lot. It's a pared down version because dogs are more neurologically sensitive. And so I use that. It's based on new research coming out of chiropractic and physical therapy. And so what that gives me is I can say, okay, we're going to do a reevaluation in X amount of weeks and see what are the long-term changes that we've made. Because we do know from what owners say, we know we made a change the next day. Great. But how long is that going to last? The tech scan shows us that. 
that was my next question. So what does a typical care or an example care plan look like? Is it stretches and exercise and meds? I mean, what does that look like for the owner? What do they have to do at home? And how long does this typically, is this a lifetime of treatment? I mean, I know my chiropractic treatment is a lifetime. (laughs) So talk to us a little bit about that. So my care plans go through different phases and we'll start off with a breakdown phase. This is where we're breaking down the scar tissue that's built up between misalignments. So it's going to be more adjustments a little more often. And then we want to drop them down into more of a healing phase where we're giving the body time between adjustments to really integrate the neurological changes and start that healing process. Because of course, nerves take a very long time to heal. And that's our main goal is to heal the nerves so that we can get better communication out to the joints and organs in the body. So we go through that. After that, we drop down into a stabilization phase. This is if you had ice and it was lumpy, it wasn't the right shape, melt it down, re-solidify it so it's a nice smooth surface, right? And so that's essentially what we're doing in that visual. (laughs) Right. And so that's where we really want the dog's body or the cat's body to really solidify those changes itself, build up muscle tone around where those misalignments used to be and help to stabilize the spine. So from there, that's when we go into our maintenance because animals are incredibly difficult on themselves. (laughs) Some more than others. I have German wirehead pointers that are train wrecks on a daily basis. So yeah. (laughs) Yes. So that maintenance phase looks different for every dog. And we want to make sure that we are doing what's best for that animal's body. I've got a cat who's a tripod. And he's going to need some more maintenance than somebody who has all of their limbs. All four body parts, right? Yep. (laughs) I've got one of my own dogs is incredibly anxious and my other one is not. So even though the one who is not anxious is older, he needs less maintenance than my anxious dog because my anxious dog has a lot more going on. Yeah. It's that inner turmoil. (laughs) So that's a really fascinating concept. You're talking anxiety impacting physical condition. Talk about that a little bit. So anybody who's ever had stress knows that normally, yep, (laughs) me as well. Here's my shoulders up around my ears. Wait, what are you talking about? (laughs) Exactly. Animals experience that too. You know, if you've had stress, you're like, oh, it affects my stomach or I get shoulder pain. You know, there's a lot of different areas that tend to hold our stress for us. And those tight muscles associated with that will cause misalignments in the spine. I see a (laughs) a ton of animals in the practice for anxiety. I would say at least half of my practice is purely based on the anxious animals coming in. And those animals will have strange patterns in their spine, which normally is something where we've got one bone going off to the right, we've got one bone going off to the left, another one going off to the right. So that's twisting the spinal cord, putting a lot of tension on there. And that's normally what I see in anxious pets. So it's a lot of tension on the spinal cord causing miscommunication between the brain and the body. And so we're here to release that tension and really allow them to relax. You can hear my dogs in the background. <laughs> Talk about anxiety. You know what? Welcome to a dog podcast. It's all good. 
If there's not one dog barking somewhere along the way, it clearly isn't a good day. Yeah. So I get that concept. I mean, that translates for me. Are you able through the physical manipulation of the chiropractic to treat the anxiety or only the results of the anxiety? We can help to manage it. We are not curing anxiety. We are not even officially treating anxiety, but we are modulating the nervous system and allowing the rest and digest part of the nervous system to be a little bit more prevalent. We're putting an impulse in there in order for that rest and digest to be able to function better and calm down the response, the fight or flight reflex. Wow. That is fascinating concept and one that I had not ever actually heard. And then rest and digest is what you said. Mm -hmm. So that gut brain axis is part of what you're touching on with this chiropractic treatment. Yes. And the gut brain axis is controlled by the vagus nerve, which is part of the rest or digest autonomic nervous system. So there's a lot of studies out there done in rats with no gut biome. They're completely (laughs) sterile. And they've shown that that axis is a huge part of anxiety. They've done stress tests on these rats and come to find out that there is communication between the gut through the bacteria in there mm-hmm. that travels up to the brain and really modulates the stress reflex. And so these sterile rats are then given probiotics and you see a huge change in their behavior in response to stress. And so we are dealing with that quite a bit in how do we help to modulate the nervous system through various other portals as well. That is fascinating. Listeners, you'll remember we had an interview with Dr. Diane Brown from the Canine Health Foundation a couple of years back talking about the research that Canine Health Foundation was funding in this particular area of the gut-brain axis and how that all works, which is, again, this is where I learned about it. And so now I'm hearing you talk about it and accessing it in a different modality, which I think is fascinating that there's more than one way to skin this cat, if you will. <laughs> Definitely. It's, <laughs> it's a very fascinating area of research and it's going to have huge, huge consequences for us in the future. The more we learn about it, yeah, we're really able to use it to our advantage. <laughs> cool. Hang tight, guys. Got a little bit of information for you. We'll be right back to the podcast in a minute. Pure Dog Talk is proudly sponsored by Trupanion, medical insurance for the life of your pet. Trupanion cares passionately about pets and makes sure their policy has what it takes to serve you and your furry companions. In fact, they are the first pet insurance provider to cover certain health conditions associated with breeding animals through their specialized breeding rider. Their industry-leading coverage does not stop there. Trupanion's free breeder support program also allows you to send your litters home protected with an offer for a Trupanion policy. Learn more about all of the perks that Trupanion offers breeders by following the link on my partner page at puredogtalk.com. So the reason we were introduced, a listener introduced us, and you had worked on her Basenji and improved his gait. So take this and translate it into show dog people and agility dog people and all the people listening to this podcast. How is this beneficial for their competitive dog as well as just their companion dog? Yeah, 
with show dogs and working dogs, we see a ton of them come through the practice. And a lot of times it's, I think my dog is dating wrong, but I'm not Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, trust that instinct. You know your dog. Right. I want to encourage that. You know what's going on. If you think there's something wrong with their gait, there probably is. And so this was Zinji. He came to us at a show. Mm -hmm. His owner is a vet tech. And so she got us a vet referral very quickly. So we adjusted him at that show, which we don't normally do, but she did such a great job. And this Bazinji, he is two years old and no symptoms, you know, no issues with gating at all, even. But we could take a look at the tech scan analysis and see that he was putting less pressure on one of his hind feet compared to the other. And so we adjusted him after our gait analysis. The next day, she came back with him and wanted to do a second gait analysis. So we took a look at that. All of his bar graphs had evened out. So showing the pressure changes mm-hmm. and the force mm-hmm. changes, those had completely evened out. And so wow. that's after one adjustment. Wow. But the reason we do a care plan is because there were other aspects of his gait that had overcompensated. And so that's not going to be a lasting change. Those overcompensations swung in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. which is great. We still made a change and the body is integrating it. The body is going to do with it what it can. And then we continue down that road of how do we make these permanent changes? And so with that, there were other areas that he wasn't quite putting enough weight in his hind feet. Dogs are supposed to carry 60% in the front and 40% in the hind. And so he was still, he had evened out the amount of pressure, but he still wasn't putting enough pressure on the hind feet. And so that's something that we would continue to work with him on. Fascinating. And so this for if you have a dog, and we've all seen dogs that we have done treatment on and seen improvements. (laughs) I think that's a pretty common thing. But I think one of the things you just said, I thought was really important. If people are interested in having you treat their dog, they need a referral from their veterinarian to you. They can't just call you up on the phone and say, hey, come fix my dog. Correct. (laughs) Yes. And that looks a little bit different in every state. In Oregon, Mm -hmm. we have a vet referral, which is fabulous because I've had some great conversations with vets. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, a really good way to learn about each other's professions. I am not treating any disease process. I am just simply fixing misalignments and helping to regulate the nervous system because essentially we don't know much about the nervous system compared to what we know about other systems in the body. It's been a hotbed of research recently where we're finding more and more. It wasn't until not too long ago that we even knew that nerves could heal themselves. And so when there's an issue going on with a pet that has their people like, well, We don't have the tools to know what's causing this. A lot of times it is neurologically related. And so that's where I come in. And it's something where I don't want to be the last resort because oftentimes that means, you know, we can only make so much progress. So the more people know about what their options are available to them, the better. And working with vets really allows us to do that because they're giving the medications, they're doing the surgeries, they're doing the diagnostics. And then anything that is not being cleared through their work, then that's where I come in. We're following the rabbit hole here. This is one of the ways this goes. So (laughs) one of the things you just said, surgery. So I'm thinking TPLO and some of that kind of stuff. 
are you able to use the tech scan and chiropractic treatment to help with rehab in a cruciate surgery or any of those kinds of things? Absolutely. With chiropractic and rehabbing after surgery, it is a lot about making sure that the various parts of the body are balanced. Because Mm -hmm. if anybody has ever had surgery themselves or surgery on their pet, they know that they're oftentimes going to be told your pet will need surgery on the opposite side sooner rather than later. And that's because after an injury or after living with an injury Mm -hmm. for a while, these, I call it, you know, that muscle memory, Mm -hmm. the dog or the cat will put more weight on the opposite side to take pressure off the painful area. And that becomes an ingrained neurological pattern that even after the surgery, even after they no longer have pain in that joint, that's still ingrained in there. And so they're still putting pressure on the opposite side, which leads to wear and tear prematurely. And then oftentimes they have to get surgery on the opposite side again. So what we do is we work to undo that muscle memory and put a new muscle memory in place in which they're balanced. They're putting equal weight on both sides. Okay. Part of that is also making sure that the nerves are able to heal the area because when a nerve gets essentially pinched down upon with a misalignment, Mm -hmm. that is nerves are supposed to swell a little bit when they fire off a message and that tension on the nerve prevents it from swelling. And so we want to take that tension off so it can properly relay the message. And oftentimes those messages are healing messages. So it helps to heal as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So not everybody lives in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> I'm sure that they'll all come flooding to you in Oregon, but how do we help people find this kind of treatment or this kind of care nationally, internationally like that? Yeah. With chiropractic care, I, of course, am always willing to look through my network for anybody who needs someone in their area. Another great place is the American Veterinary Chiropractic Association or the International Veterinary Chiropractic Association. Both of those have a list of people in your area that do chiropractic care. And we will make sure to put links in the blog post, guys. So go to the website and check that out. Because I think that Like Clara says, this is an area that is just expanding so rapidly right now. Yeah. I think this is sort of new horizons. Wouldn't you say that's accurate? Definitely. In chiropractic care, there was a lot of work done with animals when chiropractic first took off in the late 1800s. But around World War II, there wasn't a lot of funding for that sort of stuff. They shut down the program. It wasn't until the 80s that we had a veterinarian who decided to go to chiropractic school. Mm-hmm. And she really kickstarted the whole thing again. And so she set up the school I went to, Options for Animals, was the first chiropractic school for animals. <laughs> and she set that up. And it's been going strong. And since then, we've gotten some other schools as well. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's fairly recent. And that's why we have so many different laws in various states governing animal chiropractic, because it's up and coming and it's been growing quickly, but the laws just haven't caught up yet. (laughs) Exactly. And not all that terribly uncommon. And so final question, we were talking about your care plan and I asked, and then we went off on a squirrel and I want to come back to it. What is the home care plan look like? Are you able to provide 
your clients with, okay, these are some of the physical therapy things you need to do, or these are stretching exercises. Like I know I come home from my chiropractor with that. So what are we able to do for the dogs on that respect? I will give the basic stretches and general guidance on exercise, Mm -hmm. how much, where to do it, that sort of Mm -hmm. stuff. Anything more advanced though, I refer out to an animal rehab specialist. They're going to know best. And so the one thing that I do do quite a bit of is I use rock tape, which is a kinesio tape. So it's a fabric stretchy tape that goes right over the hair. And it is designed to increase the neurological output of various areas with different patterns. So I will teach people how to do that themselves I don't charge for it because it's something that anyone can learn Mm -hmm. and it can be used to decrease inflammation, decrease pain, or build strength and proprioception. So I will teach people how to use that and send them home with that basic stretches that could be helpful and guidance on exercises, Mm -hmm. but animal rehab specialists, that's what they spend their whole life doing. You know, I'm a specialist in one area and they're a specialist in rehabilitation. You know, I've always been a fan of hiring a trained professional. I'm just saying. (laughs) Me as well. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I will say there are a lot of dog handlers who use the kinesic tape that you see us all taped up every weekend. So I get that. (laughs) Definitely. It's something that's fairly well known already. And so the more I can help people along with that, you can use it yourself. You should be empowered to be able to use it yourself mm-hmm. and not be reliant on me. Right. I want awesome. people to know what's going on with their pets. Well, and I love all of the ways that are being developed are coming along that are enabling us to do good things for our dogs that didn't exist even really 10, 15 years ago. Absolutely. And you know, the more specialists we can get in the animal world, the better because people forget that vets know everything about every animal. That's a lot of information that you have to learn in four years. I learned about the nervous system for three and a half years. So, you know, we focus, we hyper-focused on it. Right. Whereas veterinarians are expected to know everything. That's a lot of pressure. (laughs) And it's amazing to me, truly amazing. I've known some unbelievable veterinarians in my time and it boggles the imagination to me. It really does. Like they can just rattle off and dosages. And anyway, I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Specialists are special for a reason. So we really value those and like hold them up because we all need a little extra help sometimes. Definitely. And anything we can do to help the veterinarians, you know, please let me help. (laughs) I know. I'm with that. Here's your chocolates for today. Thank you very much. Okay. Yep. I often bring donuts. Thank you. (laughs) Pizza day. Okay. Well, Clara, thank you so, so very much. I know this was, we sort of did this at the last minute, but this was great. (laughs) This is really good. And I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much, Laura. Like the NPR of dogdom, Pure Dog Talk is here for you to make sense out of everyday things, to add nuance to your understanding and tools to your tech box, to bring history to life and propel the living history of purebred dogs into the future. The Pure Dog Talk patrons support the work we do here by contributing what they can to our crowdsourcing campaign. In return for the generosity that keeps the MP3s rolling, patrons are invited to a private Facebook community where dog people 
can share, applaud, and commiserate together. Our monthly After Dark gatherings provide a virtual get-together for the group. You can find the link to join the best community and purebred dogs right at the top of the homepage at www.puredogtalk.com. While you're there zooming around on the site, check out our Pure Dog Talk swag link. You can share the love by grabbing some of our fun Pure Dog Talk gear. Just remember, your support adds up to a huge voice for purebred dogs. As always, if you have any questions or input, we'd love to hear from you. The show notes and links to resources on today's topic are available at puredogtalk.com. Drop us a note in the comments or email to laura at puredogtalk.com. Remember, guys, this podcast is for you. So if you want to know something, give me a holler. We'll do a podcast for you. If you wouldn't mind, you could help me out here. Take a couple minutes to visit iTunes and give us a review. The Dog Show Superintendents Association is a proud supporter of Pure Dog Talk. Our Dog Show Superintendents are the hardworking people who make the dog show function. They are advocates for education and mentorship in the purebred dog fancy. So stop by the Supers Desk at your next show. Tell them how much you love Pure Dog Talk and give them a shout out for their support. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us on Pure Dog Talk. 